Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 65 of the Waste of Web Space podcast. Starring Jimbo. And Fisher. And, and Jimbo's washing machine. Uh, yeah, my washing machine stopped. We, we, before we had to kind of delay the start of the podcast because my, my washing machine was still going, wasn't it? But it is, it's finished. It's out of the cycle now. It's done. Okay. It's fully rinsed off. It is, I believe so. On a hot day like this, you should really actually put your washing out. Straight away. Make sure you try and get it to dry, yeah. Otherwise, it might go fusty inside the... No. Oh, sorry, not fusty. Thirsty. No, not, not quite as simple when you're in a flat fissure, unfortunately. Okay, no problem. So, no problem. never mind. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to get a bit euphoric for the uh, for this for this episode of the okay. podcast for the for the title of our episode because episode sixty five it is. And uh, yeah, we're going to get a bit euphoric. It might be nice for those people that are missing the sort of holiday tunes and a beefer and the glow sticks and all that kind of thing. So, are you ready? The title of today's podcast is Barnard Castle in the Sky. Do you ever question your sights? Do you wonder if you could drive? Are you ever tempted to go out to Barnard Castle for a drive? Oh, tell me why. Do you have to test your eyes? Oh, tell me why. At Barnard Castle on a drive, please tell me why. Do you have to test your eyes? Oh, tell me why. At Barnard Castle on a drive. So there you go. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, Barnard Castle uh, in the sky. <laughs> With a company in dance. Exactly, yeah. I enjoyed that. Did you like that? We've been very much more indie and classic, haven't we? I think in our in our previous episodes, I thought we'd uh, we'd go we'd get a little bit what nineties on well early noughties, I think that song wasn't it originally. I think so, yeah. And and, and there's going to be more. We're going to do a music quiz on this podcast as well, Fish. We've not done an actual music quiz before, I don't think. So uh, are you, you, you going to play music for me to listen to? Well, obviously, or... you know we've got certain uh, copyright issues with stuff like that, but I'll uh, I've done my best to try and make it a little bit musical where we can. You'll have. You need to have your singing voice ready as well, Fisher. Oh, fantastic! That's that's what we want. That's that's what. It's not just what we want. That's what the listeners want. As well, <laughs> and viewers. So I hosted a quiz the other day. You did host a quiz. Yeah. Um. I was. I was dressed dressed appropriate for it. I got. I got bow. I got a bow tie on and my smart shirt and suit jacket. Tuxedo jacket and braces. I was. Oh, I was dressed smartly for it. You looked like. Alongside my wife Vicky, looked looked fantastic as well in her red dress matching my bow tie. You looked like Pee Wee of Pee Wee's Big Adventures. Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, you can't have everything, can you? <laughs> hey, the people, the people who are on the quiz said they really enjoyed it, though. So, yeah, you know, what more can you ask for? Well, anyway, uh, so uh, there we go. Our title, our podca- podcast, uh, Barnard Castle in the Sky. Obviously, we'll be talking a little bit more about that um, a little bit later on. <laughs> So, um, it's time for drinks, and I think at this point it's also good to give somebody a bit of a shout-out, in it, Fisher? Do you want to go ahead with this one? Uh, it is. I've got, a, uh, I've got a drink of Marston's Resolution Premium Beer. Um, 
this is just dedicated to a friend of mine who was involved in, who would very much approve of us having a beer on the podcast. Um, unfortunately, he was involved in a bit of a nasty accident uh, last week, so we wish him a very swift recovery on behalf of both of us. Uh, so he's a friend I've known a long time. He's a very we, nice, we he's a very well, nice so. fellow, isn't he, to, to everybody who, who would ever, have, have, you know, ever meet him. He's always very exactly. welcoming and, you know, he's a great, great fella. So big shout yeah. out to him and I hope you get well soon. Um, Absolutely. So, so mine then is uh, Atom Schrodinger's Cat, um, which is a, it says US Amber 3.5%. Now, I want to read off this can, and this has been in my fridge for a few weeks now because I've been collecting them up so that I've got plenty for the podcast. So the science of brewing, it says, imagine there is a cat in a box. Quantum mechanics implies that the cat remains both alive and dead until the cat is observed. At this point, Schrodinger's Cat was born. Schrodinger's cat is paradox, as this is be as as is this beer, brewed to be low in alcohol but full in body, strong malt, backbone supports a punch of citrus hops. That's a very strange explanation of a of a of a beer, isn't it? Don't know. I've just spilled my beer everywhere, so I'm not really paying attention to what you're saying. <laughs> uh, brewed well, in, that'd be a great one for the viewers, won't it? Brewed in Hull, anyway. Oh, and by the way, on that, um, we are planning on going live next week, aren't we, Fisher? You got to be after what I've just done. You got to be joking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if the majority of that might have gone out of shot, but uh, just to let you know that I've, I've poured my beer. I've poured some of it on the floor. Some of it even onto my novelty uh, onto my novelty Guinness hat. <laughs> now a little bit wet at the corners and probably possibly firm. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to machine wash that. Um, not during the podcast though. Uh, not not during the podcast. I've, I've poured some of it onto my shorts. Um, it's actually called Schrodinger's cat, by the way. Oh, Schro- um, Schrodinger. Is that a thing then? Showing this cat, it's a cat that yeah, it's in a box, and you're not quite sure whether it's alive or dead at the same time. It's a bit like sort of, um, a bit like Theresa May's Brexit. You never, you never quite knew whether it was going to happen <laughs> or not happen. In, in at two times, it was both simultaneously alive and dead. Um, but yeah, the plan is next week we are going to go live on potentially Facebook, YouTube live. We've been. This is our tenth or eleventh episode, I think, where we've recorded it. So we thought, you know, next challenge is we're going to go live. So that is the plan yeah. as of next week. Now, if we fail, I'm sorry, but I am pushing for that. I'm going to do it, and we're going to go live next week, and it will be a laugh, won't it? That's what we're going to do. It could also go horribly wrong, but we, we don't will see what we will see what happens. But in all fairness, do we do we stop and do any more takes of all this? We just do it on the yep. on the fly, don't we? We we never sort of a, a, very occasionally we might have had a false start when we. I pressed the wrong button to start us off or whatever, but generally we've never had to stop unless the podcast crashed halfway through. We've, we've never had to stop, have we? We just go, we go along with the flow, don't we? The, the the beer on my floor is a great example of the fact that we don't sort of edit it. We don't do any takes. Um, it's just one take, and whatever happens, happens. Exactly. There we go. Um, so, so what have you been up to, Jimbo? What have I been up to? Well, it's my daughter's birthday. Uh, tomorrow, oh, well, so tomorrow. yeah. So I've I've been preparing for my daughter's birthday, of course. And here is Ada. Don't worry, Fisher. I do a space podcast really... for you. Sorry, Ada. Yep, she's uh, she's twelve tomorrow. <laughs> it's uh, she's she turns three tomorrow. But it's uh, it's really cute actually because I asked her the other day. She's really good for having conversations with at the minute. And I asked her the other day, what would you like to do when you grow up? What job would you like to do? And she said to me, because I've recently got this desk set up, because obviously from working from home and everything, she said to me, I want my own desk to work and to do a podcast. Oh, and I, I said, oh, what are you going to podcast about? And she said, Jimbo and Fisher. So oh. there's going to be a podcast about us. So it's like, you know when you know when like Love Island gets Love Island the... What, after Sun. Yeah. The After Sun. It'll be like the Way to Webspace podcast. Uh, I don't Wait. know. Some... Waste of web space, little daughter. Exactly, yeah. So we're going to have his own spin-off show at some stage. But anyway, what about yourself? 
uh, I've joined a golf club. I've joined a golf club, Jimbo. Have you? Yeah. What did Groucho Marx say? I would never join a club that would accept me as a member. Well, I've gone and I've gone and done it for a month. I'm going to be playing golf quite regularly in the evenings, try and get my money's worth. Uh, I'll play Monday to Friday, so I, I can possibly play 22 times if I'm lucky. Can you, but, um, can you tell us what golf club you're at? At Tankersley Park Golf Club, which is not too far from here. It's, no. where, my, it's where my dad's a member when he's not working at Sweps. Um, yeah. and well, he's retired now, yeah, though. He's retired now, yeah. I Plenty went up golf, with him the other Tuesday night and I decided to, to join following that, um, just to get a bit of exercise, practice my golf, because yeah. I, I don't have a chance to play that much nowadays, so I will, you're just uh, gonna I will end enjoy up being, it. You're just going to end up being your dad's caddy and carrying around his, uh, his lemonade for him. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> if he needs to have a drink halfway through, he's, he's always well, well prepared for it, which is good. Okay. So, Fisher, it's your show and tell time. What have you got for us this time? Uh, I've got a cushion that's soaked in beer. <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've got this. I'm not sure if you can see it. Is it. Can you see that, Jimbo? It's a nail, a screw. It, it's, a, it's a screw. I mean, you can, I can tell how good a handyman you are if you can't tell if it's a nail and a screw. <laughs> uh, get your Birmingham, Birmingham screwdriver out, your hammer. Um, no, it's, it's a screw. Um, and this has been involved in a certain event in my life. Um, there's two, possi- two possibilities, two scenarios. Both of which are fairly different. Is that, is that your first? Ev- is that your first ever screw? It's not. Uh, it is not my first ever screw. I can. I can um, <laughs> I'll not divulge further information on that front, obviously. But uh, there we go. It's about um, probably about two inches long. Well, about 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 an inch long actually. About uh, about twenty thirty millimeters. So uh, quite thin. So what's, single thread. So what was the head like on this screw? Uh, it's a it's a cross head. Right. Okay. Philip Phillips head. Yeah. I think because it's uh, more common than that. Well, posy head perhaps. Um. Obviously, Phillips head screws. I'm not sure if you're aware that you can get a lot more torque on a Phillips head screw than you can on just a, um, a single. I'm not sure what it's called now. Just a single, single-headed screw. Better torque than what you get on this podcast. Um, so, what event was this involved in my lifetime? Was it that during a cricket game in 2015, which was the first time I ever captained our second team at cricket, on my captaincy day for the second team, I scored. A 50. However, I battered the entire innings with this in my shoe. <laughs> uh, obviously, we will, we will discuss that yeah. shortly. Or is it that during a telephone conversation with someone... Uh, sorry, I, I would say as well, this is not the actual screw in question. It's worth pointing out. So it's a screw similar to this that I battered with during my innings. Um, or alternatively, it is the inability to identify a screw similar to this and any shops in Luton that might sell this or a screw similar to this that led to me being called in February 2009 or January 2009 the most unhelpful person in the world. You being called that? I was called the most unhelpful person in the world. Because you couldn't get that screw anywhere? I couldn't get a screw similarish to this in a shop in Luton. Not only could I not get it, I couldn't tell the person I was speaking to on the telephone where they could get a screw similar to this. Right, okay. So I'm going to ask you number one first, talk about number one first. Then. So you battered a hole innings with a screw yeah. in your shoe. With a screw in my shoe, yes. Why did you not stop and, you know, because cricket, let's, let's you know, cricket's not the, that, I mean, you might have a go at me here, but <laughs> there's plenty of time to stop in cricket and take a screw out of your shoe. Well, I didn't actually notice I got it in my shoe. All right. probably the most. Um, so a but, bit of context is that I... Just to ensure I'm sort of fully padded and protected, I wear three pairs of socks when I'm playing cricket. Ah. 
Um, my, the, the shoes that I wear, the boots, are a, a little bit too big um, for me. They're a size too big. So I wear extra pairs of socks. You're hoping to grow into them? I'll grow into them one day, yeah. It's either that or shove bits of paper down at the end of it. Um, so I've got three pairs of socks on. And I keep my cricket boots in the garage along with cricket equipment. And I've been doing a bit of DIY. And I've been making something that involves screwing things in, uh, screwing some joints together. Which I know if I was a slightly better woodworker, I'd make proper joints and glue them and all that sort of stuff. But I've been screwing things in, doing some work that involved using some screws. I can only assume that one of the screws dropped in to my shoe. I was playing the game. It was the first game as captain. I was going out to open the batting as well. And I was in a bit of a flap. I'd not particularly noticed. And I I kind of thought it was, you know, sometimes you've got a few pairs of socks on. Your socks get creased. Yeah. And they think, and you thought, oh, that might be creased, but never mind. I'll get on with it. I'll use it to kind of focus myself. I battered, scored 50, I think scored 52. Um, yeah, it's not like, let's move on, it weren't this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, I scored 52 on my Saturday captaincy debut. And um, at the end of it, I thought, I'll tell you what, I'm going to change, it was quite, hot, quite a hot day as well. What, so what would you say is a good score for you? Uh, anything in double figures, no. Um, no g- gem- generally speaking, I'd, I would hope when I go, go out to bat to be scoring sort of 20 or 30 most weeks. And so 52 was a good, a good week for you then? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've scored that amount before, um, but it's not it's not that often that I score 50. Above average, like, then. I, yeah, I'll, I'll probably score a few 50s a season. Um, yeah. More often than not, I'd like to think that I'd score sort of 20 or 30, so what, which what, is, is about my average. When you score, then is this does this like and this is this is this is terrible because you know I'm not I'm not I've no idea when it comes to cricket. But when you're you, about to say you're not as good at cricket as I am because no, I should hope so. I've in... played for 20 years. <laughs> um. When you so when you score r- runs in cricket, then does it, do you, is it only the runs where you've batted that count? If that makes sense, or is it so? If you're stood at the other side and and you run, do you claim that run even though you've actually not batted? The, so technically, could you get so many runs without actually hitting the ball, and that's counted towards your score? No, you only I only get runs if I hit it. So right, okay. I, I could be part of a partnership of a hundred. Yeah, but if the other person at the other end just keeps smashing the ball for four and six okay. all the time then they will get all the runs. Okay. That's for anyone else who's listening who has not got a clue when it comes to cricket. That's what I'm here yep. to help with. Um, so, it okay. Was fre- it was French cricket as well, so I was playing with a tennis racket and someone <laughs> with a tennis ball. In. It can't hit my legs. I've got to sit with a tennis racket. That's, that's what we played. Nobody from Loughborough University walked past, did they, and uh, and, and sort of suggested that you were a, a professional or anything like that? Absolutely not. Or Olympian. Um, but it was, a, it was a good innings, though. I batted well. But as I say, it's just when I, when I got into change rooms afterwards, it's quite hot, so I start took all my bits of kit off. Not not in that way. Um, but sort of put my shorts on and what I've done. I, I thought, well, there's nobody to be wearing three pairs of socks. And took my shoes off to put sort of um, just my trainers on and noticed that a screw similar to this was in the bottom of my uh, bottom of my shoe. Okay. So that's that one then. Um, next one then. So you the, the, you was said that you was the most helpful person ever. I'm guessing you was a customer looking for a screw, but you couldn't describe it accurately enough or, or give them enough information to help them get, get you the screw. Uh, no, no, no. Um, no, not, not, not quite. I was help, well, I was trying to help a lady who was on the phone who wanted a screw similar to this. Why, what, where was, what, what was you, why was you helping somebody find a screw? Uh, I was working for a company at the time that was uh, had, had sold things. Uh, had, the company that I was working with um, had gone bust. I was, I was doing some work for a company that had gone bust. Yep. Um, anyone who is owed money or services from a company has chance to claim for it and all that sort of stuff. Um, this particular person had got a damaged wardrobe or kitchen door or something like that. So as a result, they needed a new screw for it and rang us up 
predominantly we're, we're there predominantly to deal with the financial affairs of the company and kind of <laughs> not get like, involved in not like winding it up hardware and uh, DIY. Yeah, so we're not quite sort of there to sort of specifically deal with um, screws and other ancillary bits of uh, furniture that you may have got that aren't working properly. So someone had uh, got a screw this... loose, they gave you a call. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, to be fair, tried to be helpful. Um, this lady was from Luton, which is a place that I'd I'd never visited, and I I visited Luton for the first time last year. Seemed like a nice place, to be fair. But retrospectively, any, any reason you went there? Later, Did you go? Was it an airport visit or was it just a work visit? Uh, to, uh, to the airport, yes. Oh, yep. Yeah. Um, but as I say, during the conversation with this lady, she asked, "You know, have you got some? I, I need a screw for this to fix on this hinge. I think it was or something like that. Um, I think it's about an inch long. Uh, it's got a. That's what she on it. said. Yeah. <laughs> it's so not working. A lady properly. gave you a call. She asked for a screw and said it's only an inch long. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it, I've heard it's severely damaged, Mr. Fisher, and uh, it's, it's bent out of all proportion. Um, are you able to assist? So I said we can't. We can't really look at stuff that specific. I, I really wouldn't know where there is that kind of screw. She said, "Well, where where would there be one um, that might you might be able to sell? Uh, that where would there be one in Luton? Do you think?" So I said. I don't know because I've never been to Luton, so <laughs> I would suggest maybe a local hardware shop or maybe a B and Q or something like that, uh, or a Wix. I, th- I think this is published a bit before sort of screw fix and tool station were particularly popular. Yeah. Um, so suddenly, yeah, maybe maybe a B and Q or a Wix, and I think she expected a little bit more than that. So she said, "Well, I don't find that sort of remotely helpful. In fact, out of all the sp- people I've speak to, uh, ever spoken to, I think you are just about the most unhelpful person in the entire world." <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a little bit unfair. No, I think absolutely fair. I think you sh- I think if you're gonna, if I don't know, if, I think you should be able to. Uh, you know, in, in the kind of role you're in, you should definitely be able to answer any DIY questions. And if a lady well, phones what? you asking for a screw, you should. Ab- <laughs> I should oblige and uh, and offer to take her up on the contract. <laughs> I suppose what annoyed me about it most was the fact that I actually felt I gave her quite these these yeah. advice of either going to a hardware shop or a or a larger uh, DIY retailer. All right then, so. I'm going to go with my answer being the second one. The reason for that is I think the first one would seem more believable because you've gone with a cricket story that's obviously you're into cricket and it makes complete sense why that might have happened. And uh, so, But I think I think it might be the more obscure one. I think it's the one that you, yeah, the, the phone call that you've got that time at work. So you feasibly think that in either January or February 2009, someone called me the most unhelpful person in the yeah, world. Yeah, definitely. Because I couldn't find a screw that looks a bit like that. Yep. You are, of course, right. Hey! <laughs> Did, was there ever an end to Screwgate, then? Did you ever find out if she found the right screw? I genuinely couldn't care less. <laughs> I, 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 Go on, carry on. No, for the, for the way she spoke to me, I'd, I'd, I'd rather that she didn't find the screw, uh, screw in all honesty, because I, I told her some very legitimate good places where she could find the screw, but I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't able to find it for her, because I'd never been to Luton, Jimbo, <laughs> never been to Luton, and I didn't have this screw on me in the office that I was in at the time, and even if I did, it'd be quite difficult for me to send it out to her in the post, but there we go. Enjoy that, Fisher. Okay, so um, I, d- I don't think we've got any apologies or anything, uh, any headlines or anything this week before I, I move into my feature. Anything, Fisher? 
Uh, not that I can think of. I'm not sure. Um, so I, can't, I can't think of anything particularly left outstanding from last week's episode, in all honesty. I'm not sure, uh, not sure what your thoughts are. No, I, I think, think I just I, want, I, I know I normally race ahead and then you tell me, no, we forgot his apology, we forgot this, we forgot that, but I can't, yeah, there's a, it seems to be blank this week. So anyway, that's good, we might save some time. Anyway, so, um, I'm going to do a bit of a music quiz for you now, Fisher, because last week, one of your questions, I, did, well, I don't know why it came up, um, but one of your questions was, oh, that's why, you did a quiz about things people had done when they were drunk, and one of the oh, things right, yeah. is somebody who was giving CPR to a rubber dinghy. Um, yeah. And yeah, and 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 I we we kind of came up didn't it that uh, that it used to be staying alive, which is the suggested uh, was the st- by the Bee Gees, which is suggested beats per minute song to th- have in your head while you're doing CPR. But then you yeah. said that it's actually changed to Macarena as being one of the preferred ones. Yeah. And when I looked into this, there seems to be quite a, a quite a spectrum of which one is generally between a hundred to 110 beats per minute, I think, is the suggested one. So a, a number of songs could fall within that, uh, including the Macarena and the Bee Gees Staying Alive and so on. So I thought I'd do a bit of a quiz about, uh, a bit of a music quiz that, that uses songs that are suitable for CPR, because that's useful, you know, because not everyone's going to know Bee Gees Staying Alive or Macarena. We discussed last week, if you don't, you know, the Macarena lyrics, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're, they're not even in English, are they? They're, they're Spanish, I think, aren't they? So... Um, you you know, and you've got to do the actions at the same time. So we discussed that that's probably not suitable. So let's. I've got a list of different songs here that might be more suitable, but also some that are inappropriate as well because of the, the lyrics or the song titles. Like I mentioned last week, I I once got mixed up and uh, instead of the Bee Gees uh, staying alive, I, I I I tried to do CPR to the Fugees killing me softly, um, which is a, a terrible mistake. But anyway, so I'm going to help put people right because this could be important information, couldn't it? Uh, it could, yes. I suppose one one thing that I've always been—I've never actually had to practically perform CPR on anyone, albeit I am—I am trained in how to do it. It does sort of amaze me, but interest me at some degrees that you—you've got to try and get the song in your head to do the right rhythm. Yeah. But at the same time, you've also got to try and count to thirty. Yeah. And I think that is quite difficult. So you probably need someone there to count, one person to sing, one person to count, and I, you just to do that. And you've probably also got to to be, I suppose, pretty good in terms of ability of performance of a song because. Your timing's got to be right, hasn't it? If you're forgetting the lyrics halfway through, you're like, yeah. what What was the lyric again there? So we're going to test a little bit of that out today for you, Fisher, okay? So there will be some lyric questions. Are you ready for number one, then? And I thought I'd start yep. with one that I think you're pretty keen on. So you're a Simon Garfunkel fan, aren't you? Uh, yes, some of, some of Simon Garfunkel's best works were really, really a work of art. And Paul. <laughs> so, um, are you ready for your first one? So yes, Simon sir. Garfunkel's Cecilia... Um, which has been covered by other bands, including Suggs from Madness, the version of Cecilia. Cecilia, yeah. you're breaking my heart, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, is a perfect song for CPR, but which Simon Garfunkel song, which is the right BPM still, is probably not suitable for CPR because of the song title. So have a think about all the sort of Simon Garfunkel songs that you know, and I can give you a clue if you ask. If you ask for the clue, you can have a clue. It's up to you whether you want it or not. Um, well, let me have a think now. So they've got a lot of other songs, such as "Bridge Over Troubled Water," which probably would be would be reasonable. "I'm a Rock," "I'm an Island." Um, Bridge Over Troubled Water probably too slow, if anything. Yeah, yes, yeah, you'd have thought so. Mrs. Robinson, um, probably a similarish kind of speed, you would have thought. But again, there's, there's nothing particularly bad about that, unless Mrs. Robinson, it turns out, is the, terrible at first aid. The song, um, the song that's the the, the right answer is actually. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the right. I'm just going to give you a clue, a, a, t- a tiny extra clue here. It, it doesn't. To me, I didn't think it would have been the right beats per minute, but when you think about it, it is. So it feels like a slow song, but 
the beats per minute is actually enough for CPR. Uh, Homeward Bound? No. I think one of the song titles that's probably not appropriate for when you're trying to bring someone back to life. Uh, and do you want your clue? You can have your clue. Oh, let's, you have, let's, have, let's have the clue. So yeah. your clue is uh, one of the is the, the opening lyrics. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come oh, to talk uh, with you again. Uh, the sound of silence. Yeah. So yeah, you think of it as a slow song, don't you? But if you think about yeah. it, you know it's about. I suppose the this sort of the, the 110 uh, to 100, 100 to 110 beats per minute is not it's not fast, but it's not slow either, is it? It's kind of in the middle, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Next then. You wouldn't have thought though the Macarena and the Sound of Silence have got similar beats to it. Exactly. Them, though, would you, so? Exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I mean. I think that the lyrics of a song can kind of make a song seem slower, but actually underneath, if you think about it, the the, the beats per minute tend to be the same. But anyway, the next one then. Uh, and you read. Oh, this is where you're going to get to do some singing, Fisher. Okay, are you ready? Oh, I'm yeah. brilliant. Thank you. So, another <laughs> ready. Another one bites the dust is the perfect BPM for CPR. But not the most appropriate lyrics. Can you complete the next line in the song? Okay, so I'm going to find it for you. So I pre-recorded this, uh, me rec- singing it, you know, to try and avoid any copyright issues. There might be some still, but who knows? We'll we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll take that risk. Um, when it stops, I'm going to try and point at the screen for you when you need to get ready to continue with the song. Is that all right? So there's two lines yeah. I've missed out, and then we go on to the chorus. Are you ready? So. I'll start. You'll hear me singing it, and then you've got to fill in the rest of the lyrics. Okay. So are you ready? I'll count you in. Yep. One, two, three. Steve walks wearily down the street with a brim pulled way down low. Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet. Machine guns ready to go. Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the door, we let the bullets rip. To the sound of your beat. Yes! We're all together. Another, Another one, one bites, bites the, the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. Yay. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna get, get you too. Another one bites the dust. Oh, what? That, you know what? That's that's incredible. That That is good work. You got it absolutely bang on. Um, so the, the the answer there was out of the doorway, the bullets rip to the sound of the beat. You know what? That that is good going. Very very impressed. Congratulations. <laughs> I wish I'd prepared more of them now, but I didn't go too mad yeah. in case it didn't work. What a shame I'm not dressed as Freddie Mercury again. <laughs> it would have been perfect, wouldn't it? Uh, so that's just, I've got I've got an idea for a joke we should have done last week, by the way, to uh, to the Paul Simon song. Oh, go on. Uh, obviously, what you should do in the event of someone actually needing CPR is you should immediately ring an ambulance and tell people whether the casualty is conscious and whether they're breathing as well. Um, and obviously at that point, you should hopefully hear the sound of sirens. <laughs> there we go. So that was that going to be the joke we should have done last week, but you've done it this week? Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it works. Anyway, country singer Toby Keith. Now, we, we had a country quiz a few weeks back, didn't we? So this is refreshing yep. our country knowledge. Country singer Toby Keith. Has a 1993 hit, perfect for CPR, but again, an inappropriate title. Okay, what is the title? It's either A, he ain't worth missing, or B, he ain't worth <laughs> saving. Uh, he ain't worth missing. Well, neither of them are particularly good, are they? To be fair, um, no. not pleasant. But I thought I think it might be he ain't worth saving. Now you've lost your full marks, I'm afraid. It's uh, he ain't worth missing is the correct answer there. 
There you go. Now, um, I wish I'd, re- you know, after how well that karaoke round went, I, I wish I'd done so many more of them, and I think that's going to be a new feature, I think, in it somewhere. I really yeah, enjoyed I that. So, yeah. so anyway, <laughs> if we can get away with doing it, there, there's a parody rule. There's a parody rule. So anyway, so which, which Bon Jovi song would have the, a perfect BPM but inappropriate lyrics for Dr. Conrad Murray uh, if he'd been trying to, well, when he was trying to revive Michael Jackson? So when Conrad Murray, of course, the yeah. doctor involved in the death of Michael Jackson, um, you know, there was manslaughter charges, weren't there, basically? Um, yeah. He, you know... He, which Bon Jovi song would have been, you know, inappropriate for him to have used while doing that? Um, it could be "Living on a Prayer," but that's probably probably not quite right. Uh, I'm assuming it's got to be something relating to Michael Jackson. Well, all the incident oh. itself. Um, and I can give again. I can give you some clues if you like. I've got some lyrics as clues. I don't. I don't quite know that much about the death of Michael Jackson. Did I ever, did I ever, did I ever tell you about who I was with at the time? Go when on. The news came through that he died. Um, I was on a I was on a balcony with "Take That." Was you? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it potentially could be quite a good one for possession round, but um, <laughs> I think I put... Do you remember at my wedding, uh, we put a, we did a quiz and that was... Possession, ra- possession round makes it sound really odd as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got Robbie Williams here with me. Uh, <laughs> no, to, to be fair, he wasn't there. It was, it was the other, other... At least three of the other ones. I, I don't know if Gary Barlow was there. All right, okay. Bit, bit of a long story that... Um, but I was... I was at a hotel in Manchester and we were on the balcony on the top floor and we were having like a party thing and take that were performing at Old Trafford Cricket Ground all week but the one night that they weren't there was the same night as this party and they were staying in this hotel and because there was a special guest there they got given kind of like half the balcony all right, okay. they were up on the top with the kids and wives and all that sort of stuff and part way and specifically I, I, was, I was fairly young at the time I was probably only about because he died in 2009, didn't he? So it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was probably only like 2021, 20, something like that. And uh, I was going to the toilet, and this person sort of stood next to me and just looked at me and said, do you know who Michael Jackson is? And he thought, <laughs> tell you what, bear in mind you're quite a lot older than I am. I don't particularly want to answer that question while I'm stood in a public to- in a toilet. <laughs> with, um, and uh, he said, yeah, apparently he's died. Right. So that was, there we go. And take, take that around. Mm. So obviously he had a good alibi. But anyway, sort of, uh, <laughs> back, back to the original question. Yeah, so Conrad Murray was basically his doctor, wasn't he? And uh, obviously Michael Jackson died of basically too many drugs, uh, but prescription drugs or sort of uh, medical drugs in his system. So in that case, can you think of the Bon Jovi song that would have been inappropriate but the correct beats per minute? Oh, I can't. I'm not a, not a big Bon Jovi fan, so I do apologise to anyone who is. Do you want your clue? Go on, give us a clue. Your love is like blank, 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 blank is what I need. Whoa, shake it up just like... Blank, blank, you got the potion that can cure my disease. Uh, no, sorry, I'm... Are you passing? I'm passing, yeah. Bon Jovi fans will be screaming down their monitors, well, their monitors, or their, yeah. I don't know, whatever they're doing. Um, It was bad medicine. Uh, uh, okay. Bad medicine. Anyway, there you go, I didn't get that one right. Next then, um, a song that became popular, unpopular, during the 2000 general election is apparently also a good beats per minute for uh, CPR. So good. Okay. Yeah. So it became popular during the te- 2017, or somebody made it popular slash unpopular during the 2017 election. It must have been Theresa May, I'd guess. Oh, who did she say that? Did, did she say that she liked a band? Oh, well, no, she, didn't she, no, didn't she start playing someone's music? And they got in touch with us and said, please do not play my music. Mm, it's not that. Is that right? That might have happened as well, but it's not that. It's for something that Theresa May... I mean, you know... Oh, was it... Um, oh, no, I oh, know. 
did she, I don't think it was quite the election, was it? But um, she decided to do some dancing while visiting <laughs> somewhere and went like this. You know, you know at the start of the song, where, uh, yeah. the start of the podcast where we were dancing, it was probably far worse than that because she just went... <laughs> she so kind of dubbed, she gave herself a title, didn't she, basically? She sort she of self-titled She said she was the dancing it. queen. Yeah. There you go. I mean, you know, how ridiculous that we had a Prime Minister who'd be dancing about and making a fool of himself. Hold, hold on a minute. I think we've gone up a few levels since then, haven't we? What, what would we give to have Theresa May back running? <laughs> it's, ridic- think... it's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's terrible. I mean, I think, wasn't that the Conservative Party conference where yeah. she had the, the sign behind her and all, all the letters started falling off of it? <laughs> and, and even, I think the first letter to fall off was an F. So the, the first thing that happened was F off. Which just got, there's so many things that you just couldn't make up. <laughs> Next, then, number six. Which song released in 2002, um, in the same year as songs, just to give you an idea of what other songs were around at the time, same songs as Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, by the way, and uh, just a little bit by Liberty X, is the perfect BPM for CPR, but starts with the lyrics, I'm lying here on the floor where you left me. And I can give you a bit more lyrics if you need extra clues. Uh, I'm lying here on the floor where you left me. Uh, I think uh, I might obviously tying back to the CPR thing yes yeah, yeah obviously of course um, I might need a few more lyrics if that's okay please so I'm lying here on the floor where you lift me, left me and then it's uh, there's a little bit later on there's some more lyrics I can't stay on your life support there's a shortage in the switch oh it's um, can't stay on your life uh, oh it's pink I think isn't it and is it just like a pill There you go, well done, yeah. By the way, you've gone a little bit weird on your camera, so I don't know if uh, if I've gone weird as well, if it's just you, or even if, it, if by the time this is all finished, it'll, it it might have not gone weird, but just to let people know, I'm aware that fish is starting to look weird. You, you almost look like you, you are like a hologram. Like, right, okay. Like you, you're starting to disappear. Right. <laughs> you've got like a, a very white forehead. Um, I don't know what's going on. It might just be on my screen, but let's let's yeah. continue. So next then, uh, this I thought this one links back to your feature that you're doing later on, if you're still doing what I think you're doing. Um, most popular hits, uh, the most popular hit by the Spin Doctors, which peaked at number three in the UK charts in 1993. Um, so that's that's. Can you think of what that song is first? If you want the clue again, let me know. The Spin Doctors. Yeah. Um, and that you're doing a feature about Spin Doctors, aren't you? I'm I'm doing a feature about Spin Doctors and political advisors. Yeah. Can't, can't imagine why I'm doing that. Um, <laughs> the Spin Doctor, yeah, the, the name rings a bell, but I can't. I honestly can't think of any songs by them. So do you want you, do you want a, do you want a bit more of a clue? Yeah, please. So the, the a clue for the song title, it could be lo- the song the song title itself could be loosely linked back to the historic disappearance uh, of alleged murder of two young boys in the Tower of London in the 15th century by I think it was Richard the Third who. Um, Apparently, there's, there's there's always been searches for the skeletons and the bodies because they were basically two young boys who went mysteriously missing in the 15th century, and all to do with kings and queens and power and stuff like that. And I think uh, it was Richard the uh, Third. To be honest, I've never I heard think, the story. Yeah, after that clue, I'll probably say you are the most unhelpful person in the world, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Obviously not. I, the lady from Luton, would disagree. Exactly. Of course, she would. Uh, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm totally in the dark on this one. You're gonna have to help me out a bit further or give me a. <laughs> Marking you wrong. So, two princes. Let's go ahead now. Something like that. I, I don't know the words, but right. anyway. 
Anyway, that that's the song. So two princes, but that uh, kind of links back. The two princes are what the, they refer to as the those two princes that were locked away in the Tower of London because I think it was something to do with power and somebody died and they basically would have inherited the throne at some stage and they mysteriously went disappeared. Went and disappeared. So anyway, and even you know right to present day, they've been searching for the skeletons. They found some skeletons. They did some some tests on them. They turned out not to be them. This song has got nothing to do with that, but it's the same sort of title. But anyway. Would a skeleton still be there sort of 600 years later? I mean, yeah, it ama- so. It amazes, it amazes me, though, mm. sort of, how he's still... I think there was... Was there a World War bomb, uh, World War II bomb found not too long ago in High Green? A couple of weeks yeah. ago? Um, I think it, I missed, it, I missed it, that. I was saying the other day. It amazes me how 75 years later we're still finding bombs that haven't exploded. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I know that the Germans dropped a lot of bombs on us. Yet we're going, but, yet we're, we're going up to space... Uh, yeah. to, to reconsider going to the moon, even though there's nothing there. Um, and, well, but they're doing it as part of going to Mars again, aren't they, I think, so which yeah. makes sense. But, uh, they, but yeah, the, we're doing all of that, yet we're still finding things in our back garden that have not been discovered yeah. for years. Yes, exactly, yeah. But been there for 70-odd years and no one's found them yet. Next, then, um, an REM song that has resurfaced quite a few times over the last years. So another one that's maybe not ideal for, for CPR. But, it, but also the ideal beats per minute. So it's resurfaced over the last couple of years, particularly since Donald Trump came to power, so when he first won the, uh, his election, uh, during the rising tensions between the US and North Korea at, at, at the time when there was rising tensions, and then more recently during the pandemic, a song that's uh, kind of resurfaced, an old song from R.E.M. Is it a sad song? Is it Everybody Hurts? Uh, no, no, it's not. It's, no. it's, it's an upbeat song. It's an upbeat song, but with quite a... a Sort of powerful title, I suppose, maybe. So, um, downbeat ooh. title, but an upbeat song. Losing my religion. No. Donald Trump. Uh, well, what other REM songs are the shiny happy people, which is a song they don't like. Man on the Moon, which obviously would tie into the rocket thing that you just mentioned. Um, Great Beyond. I'm going to mark you wrong, Fisher. Go on then, yeah. Do you want to sing a few lyrics? To it? I don't know the other lyrics. I only know the main one. Right. It's the end of the world oh, and, as yeah. we know it. Yeah, perfect beats per minute, but uh, obviously not the one you want to have in your head while you're giving CPR. Next then. Yeah. So we've mentioned the Red Hot Chili Peppers already. I'm going to mention them again. So Red Hot Chili Peppers' song is a good 102 beats per minute, uh, perfect for CPR, is named Eva, but obviously, again, an odd title for, for if you've got this one in your head while you're doing CPR. Um, Eva, the name of it is A, Suck My Lips, or B, Suck My Kiss. Oh, I'm, I'm can't, I can't, I am a reasonable Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but not sort of a, a massive one. So I know probably most of their more popular songs, but I'm, I've never I'm heard of this Presuming one. this might be a, 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 an album track, possibly. It's not one I've yeah. heard of. Suck my lips or suck my kiss. Well, neither of which. I mean, if, if your kissing techniques involve sort of like trying to suck, <laughs> then you probably, neither of which I would say are particularly very good. Um, although I suppose if you're trying to suck the lips and you're creating an airtight seal for, to do the mouth-to-mouth <laughs> compressions. So I think it might be suck my lips. You think it's suck my lips? Suck my lips, yeah. It's suck my kiss. There you go. Yeah, okay, last question one. then. What is the original title of the Black Eyed Peas song, Let's Get It Started, before it was reworked and had the title changed for radio release? Is it A? Um, or do you want do you want, do you want your answers, or do you want to just guess? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you can give me the clues, that'd be great. Is it A? Let's get retarded, or is it B? Somebody farted. Somebody. <laughs> let's. Some, somebody's farted. Somebody fart. I think. Somebody I think farted in here. Somebody. <laughs> or the other one is let's get retarded. I think it probably might be let's get retarded. Um, yeah. 
Well done. Interesting. So that's, again, perfect beats per minute for, for doing your CPR. Um, but interesting fact about that, which I never knew, is that it features part of, uh, I think it's like the baseline or something of, of the Spice Girls wannabe song. Yeah, really, uh... um, on the quiz, I'm sure it came up actually on uh, when I was doing some research a few days ago. Um, because in the in this quiz that I did last Friday, I just I, what I liked about doing this quiz was I, I got to make stupid names for the rounds. So there was a music round that I called Simple Sample, which <laughs> is I played a song and then said which song does it sample. So there was, for example, the Madonna track hung up. It's got the bass line, so it's got yeah. the sampling from Gimme 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 yeah. by Abba. And we got a few other songs like that. And I'm sure the Black Eyed Peas, let's get it started, came up when I was trying to do some research for, for what to do. With the, with the, the hung up one, Madonna, uh, and Gimme, 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 like, you know, the, unfortunately, the only thing that springs to my mind whenever there's a question around that is the ridiculously tight uh, swimwear or whatever it was that Madonna's wearing in that video that you're thinking, hmm, <laughs> not well, sure. Yeah, uh, but anyway. Well, to, to be fair, it wasn't a patch on one of the other songs that I did, which was Call On Me. Oh. By Eric Eric Prince, is yeah. it called? Yeah. Um, obviously, which samples Stevie Winwood's song, uh, Valerie. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously, the, <laughs> the attire being worn in that video is obviously uh, even tighter and... Uh, Very similar video, isn't it, to the uh, yeah. Call On Me version. Yeah, the, yeah, excellent. Anyway, did you enjoy that, your music quiz? Yes, very good. Thank you very much. Def- we have to tr- karaoke again. Oh, that is... Karaoke is definitely going to have to be done again. Maybe at least once a week. Who knows? Uh, thanks for sharing. Are you too hairy during this lockdown period? Do you normally go to visit a specialist to wax your entire body? Have you got hairy knuckles that has led to a hairline fracture of your finger? Have I failed to fully understand what a hairline fracture is? Why not try Raise Razors? Why not give us a go? Deforestation doesn't just have to happen in the rainforest. There's nothing finer than a nice, smooth pair of legs. Give us a go. And at some point next year, we'll probably reinvent our razor by pointlessly sticking an extra blade on it. Raise razors, helping you with the hair down there. So you were you worked with our advertisers on the last advert, didn't you, Fisher? I did, yes. Yeah, my first one of my first commissions in terms of advertising. Um, I'm not I'm not quite sure I fully understood the product though, and uh, I kind of really met my client's brief on that one. But yeah, you never know. Do we ever meet our client's brief on these? Uh, well, I think it was a, it was a client's brief that needed the uh, sh- uh, shaving by the sounds of it, wasn't it? Yeah. But, uh, so do we do we ever uh, yeah. actually work with real clients, or we're we just going to keep making them up? Yeah, we'll just keep making them up. I think uh, giving them silly makes, names. As, it as makes for good listening. Yeah, so exactly. Onto the, onto the news then. And we, we kind of mentioned, uh, obviously, this briefly as part of our podcast title, didn't we? The first thing to talk about, really, is the continued absolute farce and joke and absolute, can we say it, bullshit that we're constantly being fed uh, by our government and by, you know, and, and, and it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So, Dominic Cummings. Um, so... I mean, we never disputed, I mean, as you said this week, never disputed what, you know, the re, you know, the reasoning behind what, what he might have been doing or the fact that he wanted to care for his child or whatever. People are missing the point with it, aren't they? It's like, you know, one person can do that and, and, and other people can't is, is what the issue is, isn't it? That someone's made the rules up and saying that this shouldn't happen. And then they're just, they're skewing everything that they're saying. And, and where, where somebody does it who's higher up in power and who's a, a, a friend of the government, let's say, it seems to be absolutely fine. No questions asked. Yeah, I mean, it was clear, guidance clear, stay at home. Um, 
it turns out he didn't stay at home. He went somewhere else, somewhere else. At which point, um, I think it was Grant Chaps who could have gave the press conference that day when it was revealed. He said it was fine because whilst he'd not stayed at home, he'd stayed in the same place, so he isolated. It then transpired that he actually went out to Barnard Castle, um, which the police said would have actually been classed as a minor breach and would have probably led to him being told to go home, uh, at which point Dominic Cummins would have said to him, well, when you say home, do you mean actually my home or do you mean the <laughs> place where I'm staying at the moment? Um, and the excuse he gave for going to Barnard Castle, it's, it's, I, I can sort of, I'm not particularly saying that I agree with it, but if he'd have come out on, on the... Um, when it was first revealed, they said, look, this is what I thought. This is what I was doing. This is why I did it. It was a very difficult decision to make. And I appreciate that some people can sort of see that I maybe haven't abided to the spirit of the rules. And therefore, I apologize for that. We didn't say that, did he? Um, he, he, t- he hosted a press conference um, in the Rose Garden at Downing Street. Uh, the Rose Garden, obviously, roses. So therefore, completely full of pricks, you would have thought. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> certainly, certainly was a case during this press conference uh, with the main person who sat there behind the table that looked like he was about to do some kind of tomball at local village fight. He <laughs> um, turned, turned up about half an hour late for his own press conference, which probably tells you kind of all you need to know about it. He'd probably him. been to Barnard Castle first, to be fair. I'd be, yeah, perhaps he, just, perhaps he wasn't too sure whether or not... He could drive you know, and just testing his eyesight out. Yeah, he wasn't too sure whether he was hungry or not, so he just decided to force yeah. feed himself uh, you know, 16 different McDonald's or something like that. I but wasn't know. sure but, whether he wanted to give us a reasonable explanation. Or yeah, whether he just wanted to continue to feed everybody more crap, basically. Because that's the thing, like, you know, people could understand a lot of his explanations or at least take into account what he was saying and listen, but but the the Barnard Castle thing is just... it's, a, it's let, Let's be honest, it's not that is not a clear representation of what would have happened there, is it? It's clearly not. I'm sorry. There's no... If anybody... Who can just listen, sit and listen to it and just believe it? There's so many people out there who do. What is wrong with people? You're being lied to. It was his wife's birthday as well. Oh, oh yeah. right, okay, yeah. But your birthday? Why don't um? Why don't Why don't I put you in the car with my poor eyesight and let's go for a half an hour that drive there and back? Yeah, imagine if it weren't. Lo- imagine if none of this were going off. Would he have said to his wife, "Tell you what, for your birthday, let's go down to Specsavers and let's get an eye test together." That yeah. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> I did. Uh, I, I did hear a joke that said, uh, "You know, the scientist who." Yeah. Um, sort of failed to obey lockdown. Apparently, yeah. what he should have said is that he wasn't too sure whether his cock was working properly, and he just needs to try it out. Exactly. So that's, that was his excuse for, uh, for for not obeying the lockdown scenario. But yeah, I, I found it very, very just well ridiculous in general. I mean, can you imagine if he was a drunk driver? Yeah. Can you imagine if he said, "Well, I thought I was. I'd had that much to drink. I wasn't too sure whether I was good. I was able to drive. So I thought uh, I'd just do a. I think it was about a." 45 minute an hour round trip something like that so i'd just do that just to test to see whether i could actually drive or not which is sort of the equivalent from from here to drive to maybe manchester something like that i would have thought yeah. or to leeds it's not, it's not a short drive no it's an, it's a good hour and a bit isn't it possibly on a, in traffic uh, well, and stuff yeah. i think about 45 minutes an hour from, from where he was give yeah. or take a bit um, which is far enough i mean it's, it's not quite no i wouldn't particularly condone it anyway uh if he's not if, too if, sure in his if eyes. that was your actual excuse you'd have drove what five minutes around the block or something like that you'd have thought you'd have kind of gone to the end of the road you'd have bear in mind he lives on a farm so you'd have thought he would have actually been able to test his vision sufficiently yeah. there um ridiculous or, yeah um and we as a public are expected to believe this i think there was actually one ridiculous part of the press conference that matt hancock gave uh, it was the health secretary where he said that the government might review the fines that anyone had received for not obeying lockdown uh, and then I think about two hours later, someone came out and said, 
no, actually, we're not going to review them. So, again, <laughs> just another completely stupid uh, mixed message from the government. And do you know what Matt Hancock, you know Hancock tweeted last night? Yeah. Or it might have been this morning, actually. Due to the hard work and and the ability to obey lockdown and the sacrifices people have made, on Monday, horse racing will be back. Right, okay. Yeah. Well, did you, did you also see that uh, in the in in the, the 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 press conference where they were you know the the daily updates where they announced that they can have the six people the six people rules coming in now so you can have six people around. I noticed that uh, Boris Johnson the first thing was so so you know we're welcoming people to have six people around you know um, still obeying social distancing measures and things like that. So use this opportunity to to have barbecues. And then he passed to his scientific advisor uh, Chris Whitty, who was like. Uh, just on the barbecues point, <laughs> just uh, not sure that's exactly what we said. We, didn't, we were encouraging people passing food around to each other, and but and then but it came back to Boris who was like, oh yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yes, absolutely. Well, well, yeah, by all means, social distancing, don't pass barbecue food around. It just complete mess constantly. Like there's no thought behind anything that they're doing and what they're going to say when they're up there. It's absolute madness. Um, which I think, it, take, it, yeah, it is a thing with barbecues, isn't it? I mean. Say what? At most, not to say it's the case in in every every household, but the majority of households where it's sort of um, man and woman living together, which I appreciate is not all households nowadays anyway. But no, more often than not, sort of it's the females doing the cooking, barbecue. Blokes will do the yeah. cooking. I've got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Chucking on the grill. Yeah, I'm fine. Don't worry. I've I've just like you know I've had a load a lager to drink. But all I know is that this is on fire. Yeah. Uh, if I put some meat on top of it, I'll turn it around after five minutes and keep doing it. Once it's changed colour, we're fine. There's definitely something about men and fire, isn't it? That, you know, if there's yeah. fire involved, we're in charge for some strange yeah. reason. You know, who knows why? But anyway, next then. Um, so uh, going back on the Dominic, Dominic Cummings sort of thing, just wanted to mention this, that Sheffield, a Sheffield drink rate, uh, well, Sheffield pub um, has launched a Dominic Cummings beer range. Okay. And I just wanted to mention this now before I actually pull up the name of the pub, which I should have got. Um, it's a, it's a pub the, in the Kellam Island area, isn't it? Uh, I think it's Abbeydale Road. I think it's the two-thirds oh. beer pub or something like that. That's it. And they've launched a, basically a, a range of Dominic Cummings-inspired beers and snacks and stuff. And, and they've put together all of the beers that, that he could have potentially picked up on his way from uh, from wherever he was. Where was he? London, was he? Up to, up uh, to, London, yeah. Up to uh, Durham, yeah. So yeah. he, he's, he, they've sort of pieced together this as a bit of a package, and there's, there's various different things in there, some local beers and so on. Uh, they've photographed it up with, with Dominic Cummings' picture in the middle and so on, um, which I think is pretty cool. But that's, I want to mention it because it's a Sheffield, uh, you know, uh, but two-thirds beer, um, brewing is it called, they say? But they're, they're quite, Thanks, I think they're quite new, aren't they? So unfortunately for them, it's uh, all the lockdown stuff's quite unfortunate because they were just sort of getting going. But... Um, strangely enough, I've got a link back to to one of the uh, the founders of, of of the of the pub, and um, so you know, remember when I wore the Pepsi Max shirt a few weeks ago? Uh, yes. Yeah. So it was his dad, the Beckham Pepsi Max shirt. It was his dad who worked for Pepsi, who provided right. me with those uh, with those shirts. Or so my dad and passed them on, and we wore them for our five side team and everything like that. He was in my uh, younger brother's football team. And he was, he's, in, he's also in a band, St. Petersburg is his current band, but he's also in a good band before that as well called the Rattels, who uh, were, you know, quite out there in the Sheffield scene and everything like that. So, yeah, I wanted to give him a mention. That's uh, Ben Stubbs. I'd like to give him a shout out. There we go. Okay. So that's a, a strange Very link good. back from one of my show and tell items a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he Obviously. can remember those Pepsi shirts himself. It definitely wouldn't have fit him at the time because he was a lot smaller than me. <laughs> um, obviously, the slight problem with this whole thing 
uh, with Dominic Cummins sort of getting these beers is we're negating the fact that he didn't stop on the <laughs> yeah. way up. He just drove yeah. for five hours with a small child in the car who didn't need to stop to go to the toilet. Of course, yeah. It was, yeah, they were fine. I, I, do, I can't go for five hours without needing to stop for the toilet. So how Dominic Cummings can, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, he, he said that he thinks he might have stopped to get some petrol on the way back, though. But he can't quite remember. Oh, he thinks. Yeah. Right. Otherwise, it, otherwise, he's obviously got a Land Rover that can do... If he can't uh, quite remember, maybe he wasn't well enough to drive. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> perhaps, he was, perhaps he couldn't see and just guess what you put in the car. Um, and then and also, like, Michael Gove was quizzed on this quite a lot, weren't he, about Dominic Cummings and sort of, you know, and he kept, he kept giving sort of ridiculous answers so, that sort of went completely against the government guidelines and things like that again and just, yeah. you know, various things. He said he, he said, do, do you, he said on occasions he's asked his wife to go with him to check that he can drive as well. So Michael Gove decided that he's done that before as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, Michael Gove is also, you know, recently his answers have been top draw, haven't they? In, uh... Yeah, so do you want to play Michael Gove and I'll yeah. play, I think it was Kay Burley who interviewed him on Sky News. Uh, so Michael Gove... Uh, We've had a statement from the Bishop of Leeds, and he said various things, including that uh, it's very disappointing what Dominic Cummins. I'm paraphrasing it. It's very disappointing what uh, Dominic Cummins has done. You know, he's uh, he's betrayed the nation. He's uh, he's kind of rubbed the noses of people in it who've obeyed the lockdown rules. Uh, what do you have to say to the bishop, Michael Go? I wish the bishop well. Is that all you would like to say? Would you like to say anything else? I wish the bishop well. <laughs> And that was literally it. He, just, he simply said he wished the bishop well. Uh, didn't counter anything there. He just said he wished him well. He said he was a Christian, so he wouldn't want to, uh, want to rub his nose in it. But obviously... I, I mean, yeah, how, how mad is it and scary that we've got to think that, you know, once you know when, when Boris isn't the Prime Minister anymore, there's a good chance that that complete... I'm not going to hold back. Weirdo and, and complete moron is the next person likely to, to possibly take, take that job. Uh, well, I, I don't care about knows, saying it. I don't who, care. <laughs> who knows who's going to follow him? But uh, obviously, he decided to wish the bishop well uh, because had he bashed the bishop live on air, then that might have been uh, even worse to watch. Yeah. Uh, obviously, bashing the bishop is a is a euphemism for um, you know pleasuring oneself. And it was quite interesting. Yeah. Did you see what Michael <laughs> Gove did on, on? I think it was Friday on Twitter. Yeah. Which is that? Um, he must have been he, on. He definitely must have been on the wrong Twitter account. He must have got another separate hidden Twitter account set up. We know one of those standard ones. Maybe it was one of uh, Boris's bots that he was meant to be uh, liking the tweet yeah. from. <laughs> have you seen Boris's bots have also been leaked and the fact that uh, it's just uncovered how many sort of Tory bots there are out there that, you know, yeah. have you seen that recently uh, on Twitter? And that, so on. Yeah. But yeah, maybe that's what Michael Gove did because he... He, he liked a pornographic tweet um, and then promptly unliked it. Um the, the the porn star in question has, uh, by the sounds of it, done quite a bit to promote herself and has said uh, keeps tagging him in things, saying, "Are you a horny MP?" And thank you very much for liking my tweet. <laughs> very very nice of this uh, this particular porn star, by the sounds of it. Maybe Michael Gove was just checking that his uh, his likes worked. You know, just making sure that when he liked something, it actually came yeah. through and it and it worked correctly. So obviously, just scouring for a random tweet, uh, yeah. just decided to go. He thought his finger was broken as well, so he couldn't wasn't sure they could properly press on the mobile phone with it. He was sat with his wife at the time just to make sure yeah. that it worked as well. Well, let's, let, let's hope it was his finger he used to uh, to press down on it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so anyway, that's enough on uh, Michael Gove. Um, anyway, uh, just a few sort of sort of funny-ish news stories to to, fin- to to sort of close up here, really. Um, so a flying turtle flashes in, uh, smashes into a car windscreen in Georgia. I'm not 100% sure why the turtle was flying and if it had just been maybe fell out of a lorry or fell off something yeah. else. But 
Um, yeah, they said it made a turtle mess of things, didn't they? It did make a turtle mess of things, and and you know apparently the the, the turtle was fine. It was a you know in, injury wise absolutely fine, but obviously a little bit shook up and a, a shell of its former self, of course. <laughs> Two symbols because we deserve one for yours as well. Um, but yeah, so so I don't know if anyone saw that. Someone ended up with a, a turtle going through their windscreen in Georgia in the US. Just thought I'd mention that basically just so we can do a few turtle puns. Yeah, do do. Are we sure it wasn't just thrown by a protester who was upset at police yet again killing another black uh, person <laughs> who uh, knelt on his neck for Poss- nine minutes? Possibly that might be it, yeah. which is also you know disgraceful, isn't it? But I mean, what you uh, know, we, we could talk about America and and you know and and some of the things that go on there a lot, couldn't we? But uh, and unfortunately, yeah, think- it's, it's sad for obviously a lot of American citizens, isn't it? Who you know, who unfortunately yeah. you know, whatever whatever background you're from. Unfortunately, that's the kind of some of the things that go on in America are just not right, are they in this day and age? Yeah, unfortunately, America is a, a very deeply divided country. Um, yeah. And is it helped by that? Fancy living in one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, as I say, I think we get a slightly, slightly lighter version of it. And, and one, one thing I would generally say is actually, sort of, as a result of a lockdown, I kind of almost feel the country has come together a bit more than it maybe had done sort of a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. But I think we were a bit more divided for, for various reasons. Um, Obviously, what happened? The police, per, uh, the police officer in question has been fired, and I think subsequently charged with murder um, of this particular uh, person. I say in Elton's neck for about nine minutes, even though he was screaming, say he couldn't breathe, and like passed away. Uh, I think the police department initially said they had underlying health conditions, which obviously meant that him, yeah, it's fine for them. Therefore, yeah, Neil on his neck, yeah, not problem. Don't worry, it's like it's someone else that killed him. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, and their presidents, who will not name, because I don't want you to play that annoying trumpet sound, aside from anything else. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, it's a time where you need to show real leadership. Yeah. Uh, you need to acknowledge that there are people in your country who've got very different opinions, and I think you need to try and bring these people together. Uh, so he decided to tweet the words, when the looting char- starts, the shooting starts. And what's... And- what irritates me about this is that, you know, the US and the UK and, and other allies have removed... Um, leaders from Middle Eastern countries over the years, um, by force, pretty much. Um, you know, who, who, you know, let's not doubt they were probably dangerous people, and you know, caused a lot of unrest and so on. But that bloke, Mr. Trump, I'm going to play it again, is as dangerous as any of those people with the things that he says and the sort of anger that he, he, he stirs up and the basically inciting violence, which is what he's done the other day. He's he's as dangerous as any of those, and he shouldn't be he shouldn't be in power. It's ridiculous that he is. Well, his, his Twitter have now started marking some of his tweets yeah. as inciting violence and hatred, uh, and I think his response is that he wants to close Twitter down as a result of that. Oh right, okay. Which probably probably tells you all you need to know about him, really. Yeah, but then it wouldn't work for him, would it? Because he needs Twitter, because unfortunately that's uh, how he how he unfortunately as well as you know makes himself look a complete idiot also gets a lot of support as well, madly, which is just the mad world yeah, we live in. But I mean, what would he do without Twitter? I mean, what do you think would happen if he kicked him off Twitter and didn't let him on there? I don't know. I think it, I think it would be very... Um, I think they're too, af- too afraid of taking him off, aren't they? Because I think they'll they'll sort of go into the free speech thing and if, you know, there's a lot of stuff like yeah. that, isn't there? But yeah, anyway. So, um, but if you are in, you know, would, would somebody else who incites violence be be moved off Twitter? Would, would an average person be taken be taken off if, if you if you were... I think they can do uh, exactly. at times, so depending so, on what they're saying, yeah. So, and obviously, uh, the President of America, whose name I'll not mention, because that always about trumpet sound. <laughs> Cue the trumpet sound. Uh, you would still do it anyway. Uh, has obviously got a far wide, more wider reaching, a far wider reaching audience than other people have. Mm-hmm. So, 
yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens. So we've got a couple more, couple more stories. I don't know if we want to go through them or whether we want to move on. Uh, or... I, think, I think we need to move on fairly quickly. But there's just maybe like there's a toxic, uh, there's a toxic quarry in Derbyshire near Buxton, um, which looks like a lagoon because of it's an old quarry. So the chemicals that go into it is apparently that are that are apparently a similar sort of um, level to to bleach and things like that. It yeah, looks really nice. And, it looks really nice and ap- appealing to swimming, which because of the lockdown. Um, people have been doing that when they've been going out and because normally they dye this um, sort of quarry lagoon thing they normally dye it black to put people off going in it but they haven't been able to do that so people have actually been swimming in what is effectively worse than bleach so uh, I think as of last week maybe they've, they've had to start to go out and, and dye it black again because it's to stop people from swimming in it but if you've seen the pictures it does look appealing it really does um, but I just wanted to mention that because that's quite nearby really isn't it yeah, I mean, do people do that thing? I tell you what, that was quite nice. I'll just swim in it. Yeah. Yeah, no consideration as to quite where it might be from. Or perhaps they're just trying to protect themselves against the coronavirus by bathing in bleach. I mean, Possibly. what's wrong with that? Yeah, Donald Donald Trump's been spotted. Exactly, yeah. Down there a few times. Mm. Injected. Has he washed all his tan off? <laughs> um, next then. So two men who were hired to carry out a sexual fetish turned up at the wrong house with machetes and um, and I forgot my prop for this. I wanted to get a prop, but never mind. What, what a machete? No, I got a machete. But uh, part of the part of it was was tickling them with turning up to whoever hired for this fetish to happen wanted to be tickled with a broom or stroked softly with a broom by men with a m- machetes, and they turned up at the wrong house. <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> Just imagine that. Hold on a minute. Hold on. I know. I know. We. You know. We, we, the rules have changed, and it's it's six people. Um. But I. I. I don't think. I don't think that involves people coming around with machetes and a broom to softly stroke me. Um. But this actually happened in Australia, didn't it? Not in the UK. Uh, yes, I think it actually happened a while, a while ago. It's only just sort of. I think it's going through the courts at the moment. Oh right. Okay. I think. I think they've said. Haven't they been let off on the basis that they've been contracted to do something and made an honest mistake? <laughs> and obviously, they weren't actually there to intimidate people. It was part of kind of trying to be nice and trying to help someone out, even yeah. if it was something that was slightly strange. I wonder, obviously, presumably the person who they walked in on sort of resisted and said, <laughs> you know, what on earth is going on? Well, if they, the up with broom, if they turned up with a broom, they might have thought it was someone to yeah, coming in, you, you yeah. clean away. <laughs> Get around there, I've got a half-tile floor there, can clean that place. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder whether when the presumably the people in the house were obviously quite scared, you would have thought, and quite resistant to the whole thing. I wonder whether the people with the machetes and brooms just thought it was part of the role play and were kind of, <laughs> oh yeah, go on then, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll chase you around and wave the machetes at you if, if we must. That's funny. Scared them even more. But anyway, imagine if that had happened. Should we yeah, move on think, anyway? Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, I think I think eventually the, the judge just swept it under the carpet, though, didn't he? <laughs> the waste of web space podcast. The best worst. And only podcast in Chapel Town, we think. We've got Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and a website, but nobody visits any of them. So, Fisher, it's on to your little feature then, which I believe is all about spin doctors. Is that correct? It's about his spin doctors, government advisors. Uh, obviously, the the thing with Dominic Cummins um, probably has put the, the spotlight on them a little bit more than. Um... Can I just point out we've been uh, podcasting for one one hour and seven minutes, and I need a we- wee. I need a wee. And okay. Dominic Cummings apparently can go for five hours, can he, in the car <laughs> journey with a child, and not need to stop for a wee. Yeah. Um... So I think you just need to just need to carry on. Just need to. We've, we've got another another five another what, 
three and a bit hours to go. So I'm just <laughs> fine, Jimbo. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it at all. So, um, yeah, I, I thought one of the questions we'd get, though, first up is how much how much money does the public pay for special advisors in the 2018-2019 tax year? Um, is this so first the question? Salaries, what's that, sorry? Is this a question? That's a question, yeah. You're, you always, you always start with a question that turns out not to be a question. I get it right, and then it doesn't count towards my final answers. Anyway. All right, do you want to guess them? No, go, go, go. Um, so the government are allowed special advisors, which are kind of paid from the yeah. public first. I think they sort of do... They do work that the civil service can't do, so I kind of I think there sort of is almost a bit of a need for them that's doing more of the um, work for the political party or in power as opposed to sort of work on behalf of the whole public, if that makes sense. So, do we pay in the 2018-2019 tax year? Do we pay 5.3 million for the special advisor we used, or 9.6 million? Um, I think it's going to be the most ridiculous amount of money, isn't it? With the both sound quite ridiculous amounts of money. Is this for one person? Did you say? Uh, no, no, this is for all of the couple, special oh. advisors in, in the government. So Still, which might only be a handful of people. Yeah, I think I think at, at the most, you'll get paid about 140000 ish to be a special advisor. I think that's the maximum you can pay is special that, advisor. Is that less than the Prime Minister? Uh, I think so, yeah, or, or around similar. To be, to, be, to be fair to politicians, I don't think they actually get paid a stupidly large amount compared mm. to sort of chief executives of companies um, and, yeah. private companies and all that sort of stuff, so... I would suspect any politician could earn significantly more doing other things. I'd suspect they actually earn, earn a lot more when they go and do things later on in the career, obviously. Yeah. Well, hasn't, hasn't Theresa May been paid Oh, I mean, obviously, some, you know, a lot of politicians in, on, in, some, in some parties and so on, obviously they make money because you know, they, they, they're able to somehow contract out certain uh, parts of, <laughs> yeah. of services to, to their sort of possibly related companies and so on. You know? And I think there's, yeah. there's probably some talk about Dominic Cummings being involved in some of that as well and his family and so on, but we'll not, we'll not, that's just all alleged. But uh, if, yeah. I think if you do enough work looking into it, you'll, you'll see some strange things about that. Uh, but yeah, what, so, what was, so, so I'm going to go with the big answer there. The nine point five, nine point six million. Yeah, it? yeah, uh, yeah. Should be correct. Well done. <laughs> well, I was actually going to go on and say that um, Theresa May apparently, since lockdown kicked off, I think she's been paid about one hundred forty thousand pounds. Is this for dancing? No, no, for speaking <laughs> engagements that have been cancelled, so she's not even done the speech. Oh. Which, to be fair, to not listen to Theresa May, that sounds like quite good value. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think she's bagged about 140 grand for things that she should have done that have been cancelled, and but she's still been paid for it anyway. Right. Okay. So, there we go. Probably put a claim um, in as well. Right. Exactly. So uh, next up, Gordon Brown's special advisor, Damien McBride, resigned in 2009. What was he found to be doing? Was it that he was found to be using his government email account to discuss setting up uh, to discuss with another spin doctor setting up a website that would post made-up stories about the private lives of Tory politicians? Or is it that he emailed other Downing Street staff to say that they should have nothing to do with an event to celebrate Duke of Edinburgh's 85th birthday because he was just a daft old racist? <laughs> um, oh, I would like to think that, and, and unfortunately, I'd, I'd be foolish to think this, but that um, l- that Labour or Labour advisors or whatever wouldn't be the type to or, or want be the, be the type that should be or would be tempted to be doing things like making up stories. Complete false. They're just as bad as they're just as bad I know, as each other, I, know I know they are. I know, and, and and sadly that that is the truth. Um, that's why the country is such a state and so divided and so on. Uh, but I'm going to go for the second one, and it was something to do with the uh, Duke of Edinburgh's party or uh, event or something like that. No, he was emailing a fellow spin doctor. <laughs> setting up a, a web, website that's 
But at least uh, the right outcome was there if he was sacked then. But anyway. Yes, yeah, of course. Uh, I think Gordon Brown was actually quite apologetic about it, and I think he apologised to the people in question said um, and, and sacked, uh, sacked the person in question. Yeah. Uh, so Damien Bride was emailing a political advisor or spin doctor called Derek Draper. Who is Derek Draper married to? Is it? Is it Mrs. Draper? It's not Mrs. Draper. So oh. Her name is not Draper. Oh, right, okay. Well, common, Modern woman. Commonly, she's not known as Draper. Is she married? Oh, sorry. Is he married to BBC weather presenter Carol Kirkwood, or is he married to GMTV presenter Kate Garraway? Oh, I'm sure I've seen something about Kate Garraway recently as well. Like, and possibly her relationship or marriage. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I, something just rings a bell. I, I have no idea what it is, but I'm sure I've read something recently. So let's go with the Kate Garraway one. Uh, and you will be correct. Well done. I'm sure there was something recently about Kate Garraway in the news, but I'm not 100% sure it was. I think her husband, Derek Draper, has been quite ill with coronavirus. Right, so I okay. I think that's been in the news a little bit. Uh, but there we go. Not, not particularly a scandal, but I thought it was yeah. a decent bit, of, uh, decent bit of spin doctor trivia. So in the, in the early 2000s, political advisor Joe Moore resigned. What was the reason? Um, is it that she emailed the Downing Street colleagues to say that the behaviour of Iraqi citizens meant that maybe we should ask Saddam Hussein to come back into power? Or... Was it she emailed her colleagues as the Twin Towers were collapsing on 9-11 so it would be a great day to get uh, to bury any bad news in the press? Well, this is unfortunately how, how they work, isn't it, quite often? And uh, there's, there's been, you know, things said about, you know, the fact that they announced certain things when they did about, you know, meeting in groups of six and so on to try and sort of bury, start to bury the Dominic Cummings stuff a little bit. So all of this stuff is things that go on. But, uh, yeah, you really wouldn't want to sort of been caught saying that during 9-11, would you? But I think I'm going to go with that one, unfortunately. Uh, and unfortunately, you will be correct. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair to um, to a lot of political advisors, more often than not, when they do do something stupid, they do generally just get sacked because yeah. they are quite... You, know, you can get someone else in to do that work that they have been doing, so off they go. I suppose um, what it is is they're trying... They, they're possibly, you know... Um, driven by results aren't they and stuff like that and and if they have to, if they do things outside of their bosses you know i you know know how what's going on and it gets them results and it looks good on them if it's not yeah. found out i suppose but that's not you know this this is why they need to look at who they're hiring and i don't know this, it completely needs to change doesn't it really yeah absolutely so um back on back on to dominic cummings himself anyway whilst he had the overall responsibility for the spectator website what did the website do in 2006 is it upload a cartoon of Muhammad with a bomb in his turban or upload a cartoon of Tony Blair with his head getting chopped off in a guillotine? Oh, I do remember, like, I don't I don't think this was... I do remember stories about cartoons that have caused a lot of, uh, a lot of trouble, but I, don't, mm-hmm. so I, I, but I don't know whether... I remember certainly there was some sort of cartoon about Muhammad, but I don't know if it's linked to this particular... I think this is, is not the, the same thing. So in that case, I'm going to go for the Tony Blair one, I think. And unfortunately, you'd be wrong. It was... Uh, he did. Apparently, the Spectator magazine, which is what his wife writes for, and she wrote the article uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that how difficult it had been in lockdown, all this sort of stuff, and how Dom had, uh, how it had been so ill and could barely move for two weeks and all this kind of thing. Uh, when it turns out that, actually, that were a load of bollocks. Yeah. Um, he... He he was in charge of the website, which apparently years ago was kind of totally separate to the magazine, and he, he was the person who allegedly had full control over it. And did he miss it? Uh, did he did he miss it because he couldn't see it properly? Yeah. Or 
maybe he should have gone been... for a drive to check he could he could have seen things properly and might not have missed it. It, it could, could well have been that, but uh, it was told, I believe, quite promptly to take it back down again, and it was removed. Uh, so how, how did Dominic Cummings describe former Brexit Secretary David Davis? Did he say he's the best politician never to lead the Tory party, or did he say he's as thick as mints? <laughs> um, the best politician never to leave the Tory party. Never to lead the Tory lead party. Lead the Tory party. Okay, so it's either yeah. some, he said either something positive or something pretty negative. Something very negative, yeah. Let's go something negative, because I know he's quite an outspoken um, person, I think. He's, he's, he's often been said to rile people up and so on. And So, yeah, let's go with that one, the thick as mince one. Yeah, he called him as thick as mince. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so I've, I've just realised that I've not actually, I've, I've not actually written uh, an answer for one of the next ones. <laughs> uh, I've not, not written a second answer. I'm just going to have to try and make it up on shall the I, Shall I Google it for you? Uh, no, no, it's all right. So uh, <laughs> next up, Andy Coulson, former personal director of communications for David Cameron. What did he do during the early 2000s? Did he have an affair with Ross Kemp's wife or was he banned from driving and received a hefty fine in 2003 for driving whilst disqualified? I think I remember this and I do remember some scandal involving this, but there was probably other scandal as well uh, result relating to Andy Coulson. Was he anything to do with phone hacking? It was, yes, yeah. which, is, which caused a lot of lot of problems for him at the time and sort of I don't know if it led to his resignation but David Cameron certainly actually came out again and said I shouldn't have asked Andy Coulson to be my director of personal right. communications he, sh- he shouldn't have been working for me and I'm, I'm, I apologise for doing that right okay so yeah I'm gonna I, 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 would you <laughs> would you risk having a, an affair with was Ross Kemp with his wife at the time so was it was it was it actually an affair or was it just sort of after after the, a breakup or something like that uh, no I believe they were they were Oh, were I mean, still a couple at a time. It, I mean, was, it was probably too busy in Afghanistan for investigating <laughs> gangs and all that sort of stuff. I guess. I mean, it's a brave thing to do. So let's go with that one, shall we? Let's take let's take a risk. Uh, the had an affair with Ross Kemp's wife. Yep. You'll be correct. Well done. Get out of my wife. Um, and uh, Andy Coulson said, leave it out. <laughs> um, no, his, his, his wife was Rebecca Brooks. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, well, originally called Rebecca Wade, Rebecca Brooks, um, who was... Also involved of of in the phone hacking stuff. Uh, well, careful what you say, but... Uh, she allegedly. Was also Im- she was Im- implicated yes. in it, allegedly, yes. yes. Um, she was editor of the News of the World at the time, and it was revealed during a court case, I think, that they'd had an affair that lasted about 10 years or so, which included the time that... Um, she was married to Ross Kemp. So there we go. So Craig Oliver replaced Andy Coulson in February 2011. What happened on his first weekend in the job, working as David Cameron's sort of main sort of political advisor? Is it that upon David Cameron having a relative who passed away, he accidentally texted David Cameron saying, sorry to hear of your loss, lol, and got confused <laughs> between what lol meant, thinking that it meant lots of love and not laugh out loud? Right. Or was it that he was carrying some notes for David Cameron's speech at the Spring Tory Party conference and this was snapped by some photographers? Ah, I remember I remember something being snapped and but was it the same thing? Again, I do remember some notes, but I think this was more a Brexit thing. I think I remember some sort of Brexit notes being snapped or something or like I think uh, there's been a few politicians over the years that have fallen for it. Yeah. Not effectively yet fallen for the clear plastic wallet drink. Yeah. So I don't think it's that one because I, I think I think that that's been thrown in to trip me up because I do remember something quite a few a couple of things about that. So I'm going to go with the first one and it's it, it text saying LOL. 
I'm getting confused with it. Uh, no, you'd be wrong. I've, I've literally just made. Actually, I'm, 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 I am blowing my own trumpet there slightly because uh, I, I had read something about David Cameron accidentally doing that to someone, someone who he knew. Oh, right. Um, okay. Father of Pastor away, so he said, really sorry to hear of your loss. Lol. And they texted him back saying, why would you put lol at the end of that? And he said, it does mean lots of love, doesn't it? He said, no, it means laugh out loud. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. So it was actually uh, David Cameron who'd done that. I, I believe it was, yes, to uh, to a, a journalist and Tory, uh, Tory party fan. Uh, so Alistair Campbell. Um, Tony Blair's. Very, Tony Blair's director of communications or whatever it was, kind of spin doctor, very, very well-known and popular during the late 90s, early 2000s as part of that sort of Blair government and bringing sort of new Labour into power. He um, was being helped on a personal project by who? Is it that he was advised on how to redesign his garden by pop star Pete Doherty, who is nowadays a very keen gardener? Or he was being helped to write a book by Martin McGuinness, as the plot of the book involved an IRA active service unit as part of the plot. So Martin McGuinness is kind of uh, involved with Sinn Féin, yeah. uh, along with um, Jerry Adams, and Pete Doherty is involved in taking a large <laughs> amount of drugs, along with <laughs> yeah, various rock stars. You've got a question what might be in, uh, Pete Doherty's greenhouse if he's, uh, yes. if he's a keen gardener <laughs> yeah. these days. But apparently he's, uh, he's on track now, isn't he? He's, well, apparently there's not, not been quite as many uh, stories about him as there used to be, so whether that means he's, he's kind of on a better path than he used to be now. Who knows? Um, let's go with, I mean, I don't know if Pete Doherty would have much to do with sort of politicians and so on, but I mean, there's no potential link between that, is there really? But let's go with the second one. I think Martin McGuinness yeah. was helping him with the book. You'd be correct. Hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently they became, they became acquaintances during the, the Good Friday Agreement. Um, and as a result, kind of kept in contact. And as I was writing this book that involved um, an IRA kind of active service cell and sort of asked for a few bits of advice and um, asked if Martin McGuinness could help him. So Sean Bailey was an advisor on the youth on youths and crime for David Cameron. What is it he what is it alleged that he said at the 2008 Tory party conference? Did he say that certain young women intentionally get pregnant in order to get local authority housing? Or did he say that a lot of drug dealers are skillful business operators and we should be reaching out to this community and using its skills base? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's a tiny bit of truth in that they are very entrepreneurial, aren't they, I suppose, yeah. in a sense. <coughs> um, well, they understand supply and demand and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. E exactly, yeah, although obviously illegal. Um, but yeah. then there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of fairly people who definitely should know better who, who conduct things and, and, and have arrangements and stuff that they shouldn't have or they exploit loopholes and so on and that's uh, quite often yeah. unfortunately politicians themselves isn't it yes, um yeah. so yeah let's let's say that it was the and the, the other one was that about the who who was it again sorry it was david cameron's youth and uh, david cameron's advisor on youths and crime hmm. maybe he would have maybe just said the second one then as as kind of a way to to sort of reach out and make himself seem hip or something like that. I don't know. Uh, no, he said that certain young women intentionally get pregnant in order to get local authority. Area. <laughs> and fin finally, the last question. Um, well, there is no local authority. There's hardly any local authority care anyway <laughs> available anyway. So they, they, yeah. they, they, they put an end to all that. Um, well, to be fair, this was a few years. I think this was before they came in power. So. Oh, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so... A popular spin doctor, um, well, I, I think involved in sort of spin doctor work during the sort of late to mid-90s was Peter Mandelson, um, quite heavily involved along with Tony Blair, Alistair Campbell, sort of 
with that sort of new labor machine of sort of spinning good news stories and what have you. Um, and he had a bit of a rivalry with someone who was quite close to Gordon Brown called Charlie Whelan. So Gordon Brown had a spin doctor and close ally, Charlie Whelan. What did Peter Mandelson once allegedly have a hand in arranging for him? Is it a close friend of Peter Mandelson asked a Brazilian witch doctor to perform a voodoo curse on Charlie Whelan, requesting that he suffered no serious harm, but was possibly removed from political life in the UK? Or is it that he was keen... Because he disliked the way that Charlie Whelan worked, Peter Mandelson arranged for the unexplained delivery of around 25 kilos of fish to Charlie Whelan's front doors. Front door. A few days later, he got in touch with Charlie Whelan and said that he heard something fishy was going on. Uh, see, I don't it. I can't believe that one. Uh... <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, he does... has to speak up there, Jim. But I'm, uh, I'm hard of hearing. <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't breathe. It doesn't breathe believable. Um, but, uh... Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I think the first one you definitely could have made up because you've you've linked spin doctor to witch doctor quite yep, cleverly. Yep, so I think that's a that was one you could have quite easily made up. Um, but would you? This the second one. Uh, I don't know. I'm go, I'm gonna go for the fish one. I think they had some fish delivered to Charlie with, and they said something fishy is going on. Yeah, uh, you would be incorrect. <laughs> It's alleged that a Portuguese friend of Peter Mandelson, and obviously by friend of Peter Mandelson, I'm sure you can guess what that means, <laughs> um, who was Portuguese, uh, got in touch with a Brazilian, allegedly got in touch with a Brazilian uh, witch doctor and asked him to perform a voodoo spell against Charlie Whelan to say, can we, we don't want him to have any serious harm, but we'd like him to kind of move to America or move elsewhere so he doesn't kind of disrupt and interfere with Peter Mandelson's work as a politician. Now, do, is, is, is Charlie, Charlie Whelan, you say, is he involved in, yeah. in any sort of politics or anything like that now? or any? Uh... I don't know. I couldn't really find out anything about Because then we'd him. know if it worked or not, even if it worked a few years later on down the line. Could have done, yeah. Um, but that, that's what allegedly happened, so a letter from a Portuguese friend <laughs> of Peter Mandelson, who we allegedly also lived with. Uh, I think I think him and the witch doctor were, also, were both called something De Silva as well, so he got very similar names, which made reading the story even more confusing than the fact yeah. that it was quite baffling in the first place, really. There you go. Was so, that... There we go, that's the end, end oh, of that quiz. Thank you very much. Enjoyed that uh, Spin Doctor quiz. Really, thank you for that. Thank you very much for listening to us today. We are going to go, I'm 100% going to hurtle towards trying to get us going live from next Sunday, hopefully. So look out for that. Um, Look out for it. We'll we'll go live from the actual Waste of Web Space Facebook page, potentially get on YouTube as well, but we'll provide all the links and everything. Um, Of course, between then and now, just check us out, our Waste of Web Space Facebook and Twitter pages uh, and our website, of course, which we update every couple of weeks because there's social media now and people go to that rather than... uh, websites and what have you anything to add fisher no not really it was a very good episode thank you very much jimbo uh, an hour and a half long very enjoyable parts in that an hour, an hour. Why, why in lockdown is it we're speaking to so few people that we have to when we get together speak to about 90 minutes at a time <laughs> there's no football on at the moment just watch this instead you're not fine. the minute not the minute um but anyway so could, could you could we class podcasting as a competitive sport if we do it in, well, in sort of competitive style well we work together don't we jimbo so exactly so could we could well, we podcast together again soon uh, well, no, not indoors. We can't. I think we can probably podcast together outside now. That is worth. Sound quality won't be that that's good. worth thinking about. 
another one to bear in mind. We'll get we'll get live on Facebook first. Thank you for listening anyway, and uh, we'll see you again next time. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Do, Goodbye. Do, do you want to? Oh no, it's okay. I was going to say, do you want to play out with our song again? Yeah, go on. Then. I thought it was a pretty good one. Or do you want to do the uh, older another one bites the dust again? No, no, let's do the Barnard Castle song. <laughs> All right, let me find it. Barnard Castle. Uh, where are we? Okay. Thank you for listening. We'll get all euphoric again before we go. Do you ever question your sights? Do you wonder if you could drive? Are you ever tempted to go out? To Barnard Castle for a drive Oh, tell me why Do you have to test your eyes? Oh, tell me why At Barnard Castle on a drive Please tell me why Do you have to test your eyes? Oh, tell me why Barnard Castle on a drive